It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration with Chico Robinson. everybody this is josh buckley co-host of the punk rock classrooms podcast and i am super excited uh to share this uh punk rock collaboration with you i got to sit down with chico robinson a uh, middle school educator in uh, phoenix arizona who's an educational activist he hosts a awesome little uh youtube series where he talks with uh community activists and legislators and people in power about education and other issues it's cafe con chico you can find it online but let's get to the interview here we go all right everybody i am super stoked for my guest today a friend of mine a man that i would say is an an education warrior in uh in phoenix and uh that's my buddy chico robinson is with me today chico uh thanks for coming on the show i'm glad you're here um, can you tell me and the audience, well, you don't have to tell me, I, but could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into education? Sure. So, um, my, my parents, uh, they were both teachers. Uh, they both did about 30 years in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix union. My dad was the union man. So was my mom. Um, so that's just kind of how I grew up. Um, but, um, as a child of an educator, like, um, I, I was like, I was just a skater kid, this punk rock kid. Um, and the last thing I ever wanted to be was like a punk teacher, man. Um, <laughs> uh, forget that. Like I even <laughs> went to, they wanted me to go to like North high where they had the IB program. And I was like, no way you guys teach there, which I, I could have probably gone to MIT or something. But anyway, um, so, um, as, as I was going through college, man, I was going to Arizona state. Um, and just kind of doing the party thing there. And then I was like, you know, I remember my dad saying like, hey, are you gonna actually get something out of college? Cause if not, you could just save me a whole lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but like, I just, I need to get out of Tempe. Like I gotta, I gotta leave my friends. Like yeah. I, I, I'm just not strong enough mentally right now to not want to go party. And my dad was like, great choose a state and but uh wherever you go like that's on you now now you got to go get loans and yeah um so i started taking classes didn't know what i want to do my dad uh he told me um just take an education class took it um and as well as a political science and Mm -hmm. those two just kind of so i i have a a degree in 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 education and a degree in political science and that's kind of how i feel like uh how I teach is kind of a combination of both uh, education and, and politics. So, right. uh, <laughs> so that's how it happened, man. That's how I became a teacher and uh, been loving it ever since. It just came natural. So, so. Um, what, what, what subject, what grade do you teach? And, and you know, uh, how long have you been doing what you've been doing? Sure. So I got started in like uh, in uh, Vancouver, Washington, actually, as a high school teacher. Okay. Um, and I was teaching government and world history there and then um unfortunately my my dad passed away and that's why i moved back to phoenix okay and the only job i could get was at a middle school and i was like man i don't know i've heard nothing but nightmare <laughs> nightmares about middle school so i accepted a job in middle school and yeah the kids are tough and um they 
I mean, they, it can be awful days, but um, I just realized that like my, my, the way my personality was and is um, really like uh, worked well with these kids. And so I teach middle school, I teach uh, seventh and eighth and I'm over here in central Phoenix at Kenilworth. Right. So, so you took this journey, you've got that poli sci degree, you've got, yeah. uh, you know, in, in an education degree and you find yourself teaching middle school social studies. Yeah. So what, I mean, you said that, you know, I want to kind of talk a little bit about um, what you do. And I think one of the things that's really interesting that, that I enjoy, that I love, that I love watching is you've got this Cafe Conchico, this, this little <laughs> this show you do. Can you tell us a, about where that came, what it is and, and sort of where that thing blossomed from for you? Sure, sure. So um, as, as the pandemic hit, uh, you know, everyone was kind of stuck inside. And I, in my neighborhood, I had about five friends that we all like made this like blood oath, if you will, like, hey, we're not going to put each other in danger. And then that way we could have friends in the pandemic. Right. Um, so um, me and my, my buddy, Tim Castro, who's this like Politico dude, and then uh, Adrian Fontes lives in the neighborhood. So we all started walking. And um, it was right at the time where Invested Ed was dropping and mm -hmm. we were trying to collect signatures. And um, I'm like, hey, Fontes, let's, let's do a quick video. Um, and I'm like, you can talk about like your stickers for voting and I'll, I'll talk about Invested Ed. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So we did it. It was a pretty big hit, like got like a <laughs> 1,500, 2,000 views. And uh, Tim, my buddy, the Politico, he's like, Chico, we need to do this all the time. And it's a great <laughs> way. It's a great way for us to like kind of kill time because we were just going over to his front patio and drinking coffee. Yeah. Um, so we just started sending, I just started sending out invitations and um, to like different senators and representatives and educators. And they were like, uh, within like minutes, they were like, yes, I think people were just missing this like interaction, right. yeah. going out, getting dressed. And, and that's like, uh, I did um, one with Isela Blanc, which is one of yeah. my favorite ones. Um, she was like, I, I want, can I just come? Can I just hang out with you guys? Like, cause it, and here we are, like, we're just out in the neighborhood. People are yeah. walking by and if you watch it, the sound is a great, but it's kind of has that like live feeling of being out. And it was just kind of a, a great way to talk about topics that were that are occurring right now and to have kind of like a, a nice like neighborhood feel with mm -hmm. with me. Right. So I, I think one of the I think one of the interesting things about it is like you are a you know you're a you're an educator and you know we you and I travel in a lot of the same Facebook group circles, right? Sure. You know, being sort of like ed education advocates in, in Arizona. Yeah. What do you think is important about doing a show like that or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. having those conversations? What do you think the importance of that, one, being an educator and two, sharing it with educators? Why do you think that's an important piece of, of, of what it is? Well, I think it's important because we're all having these conversations and some of us are a little more vocal than the others. Um, so it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful narrative to, to be telling about, hey, this is what's going on right now, pay attention. And um, it was really like just created, like I said, just really to collect signatures. That was, that was really the whole point of Cafe Con Chico. And it just kind of turned into to a lot more about getting the right politicians elected. Yeah. And, and then it ta started talking about like social issues, like um, 
Roy, with Roy Tatum, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, Black Lives Matter and um, how we see a, a culturally inclusive curriculum um, coming into the classroom. Yeah. So it's it's really like starting with just invest in ed, and now it's it's really going to all the impacts that affect public education. And I think that's one of the things that um, you know people always say that education is not politics. Well, it is because we we have to make it political in order for it to be successful for our kids. Yeah. We need to get the right uh, school board people elected. We need to get the right curriculums put in. We need to get the funding from the government. And the only way we're gonna do that is through pressure and through politics. Right, and so that leads to my question, like, right, like you're an educator using your voice, you're sharing that voice with other people. Um, why do you, like, why, I mean, you just kind of mentioned it, but if you could like expand on that a little more, why is it important for educators like yourself and your colleagues in Phoenix and in the Valley? I mean, you talked about gathering signatures for Invest in Ed. Why is it important for you, for educators to use their voice? What, what impact have you seen it have? And, and yeah. what bigger impact would you like to see it have? Well, I think, I think honestly, we're really breaking it down is because our voice, in my opinion, it's pure. It's good. Um, we're not trying to get elected to anything. I mean, some are, but that's after they're out of the classroom. <laughs> we're, we're using it to get more money for our students. Right. I mean, and we're working hard. Like, like you're an activist in it. I'm an activist in it. Um, we go, we work, we put in eight hours, and then we go put in another four on, on AEA stuff and yeah. gathering signatures. So I, I think it's, it's that, that it's useful because how do I phrase this? Because the, the public, I believe the majority of them trust us. The parents trust us because they know what, what the end game is here. Like uh, right. the, the end game is to, to get fully funded education. And unfortunately, that's a really hard mountain to climb. And the only way to do it is to keep chipping away. And I believe we have done over the last two years. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I firmly believe that the, the reason why this state is heading a different direction is all started with the push of educators and the educator voice. I, I think I think you're right. When we look at some of our, you know, states and comparable places, and we look at places like Florida and Texas who are dealing mm -hmm. with the same thing we're dealing with, and those governors are like, nah, man, we're opening up, right? But yeah. I think you're right. I think that educator voice has been a really good push to kind of, you know, our governor understands that we have a voice and it's it's fresh it's newer because you know we're, we're getting this thing started you're in you're in phoenix l you're a you're an educator in phoenix l you're the uh co-president of the phoenix elementary uh like education association right. uh certified teacher sorry certified teacher associate right yeah Pecta. uh so i want to ask like so there's this thing about arizona you mm -hmm. In, in a place like Phoenix L are having to do a lot of like, you guys are doing the groundwork of, of mm -hmm. growing something that yeah. maybe listeners from around the, the, the country who listen to this yeah. show maybe aren't having to do, right? Because maybe they've had a long established sure. association. So right. what is the, what do you find the importance of like, you're a leader in that role in Phoenix L, but how do you see other teachers' voices in Phoenix Elementary being important to what you guys do? Uh, why is it important to get teachers loud and talking about it in Phoenix, in your, in your local, in your district? Why is that important? Um, it's important because um, 
it, I mean, power in numbers, man. It, it all it, it all comes down to that. Look, what what makes what makes PECTA and my union great is that one. Um, it it got brought back from the from the ground up. You've been in the union for a while, and you know, five years ago, PECTA wasn't or Phoenix L or whatever it was then. It wasn't much, and then the this small group started rebuilding it. And what what they did that was so important is they included all voices. It wasn't just like, well, the president's gonna say this and the VP. Right. No, um, they they started collecting surveys. They made the voices of the educators important. And, and again, um, the union is powerful, but when you have the union and the non-union educators saying the exact same message, right. that's power. And that power moves and, um, and it's definitely helped. I mean, even, I mean, oh, weeks before it was even in question about whether we were going to come back, we yeah. already had letters going out. We already had parents sending letters to the governing boards. Um, so just, just getting educators involved in, and, and I think that's the thing in Arizona, what, what our national viewers don't understand possibly is that five years ago, um, the most common answer to, hey, why are we putting up with this? Why are we putting up with this? Unless you were in a union was, oh, that's just Arizona. We're teachers. Yeah. We're just going to have to put up with this. Right. Um, and now we've we got this voice now. And I, I, I'm not sure that the state knows how to handle it because <laughs> it's it's a real loud voice and it's constant. And um, we got a lot of brilliant educators here in Arizona. You being one of them, Mr. Buckley. I'm oh, Chico, oh, yes. too kind. I got, oh, I got, I got it for our, my hosts. I got I to gotta give one little nice little plug. So, so you had mentioned, uh, you'd mentioned earlier the idea of like growing up a punk kid, right? So, yeah. and then you're like, I didn't want to be an educator. I was a punk. Yeah. And, and so what, how do you think growing up a punk to, you mean, this punk rock classrooms, that's the, that's the show. How do you think yeah. growing up a punk has sort of shaped what you do with your voice as an educator, and then sure. what you do in the classroom. How do you think it affects those things? Well, I mean, what, what truly, like, what is punk rock? What, what, are, what are we defining here? Like, I, um, to me, punk rock is, a, is, yeah. is an ethos. It's not necessarily a genre of music. It's a, yeah. it's a way of doing things, yeah. right? Um, yeah, exactly. And then, like, for me, like, what I always loved about punk rock was just putting a bunch of shit together. And I don't know if I can swear on here. You did, so it's fine. We're good. <laughs> okay. It's putting it all together and making this like, this in a way as, as aggressive that it can be, this harmonious music where everyone is just like full of energy and creating a masterpiece. I think too many people put down punk rock for being simple and short. Um, but I think it's brilliant that this music is, is pure feeling. Yeah. And I think that's what you need to bring into a classroom. If you show up to your classroom and you're not feeling it, your kids are going to eat you alive. So we need to bring it. Especially in middle school, day. am I right? Oh, my God. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. That's why I don't drink on the week, man. Because if I did, they would eat me for breakfast. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, it, it, bringing that passion into the classroom, kind yeah. of, you know, that, that sort of like blistering intensity sometimes we need in the classroom sure. as educators. Well, what do you think, what do you, what did punk rock teach you about using your voice, right? Like, like, were there any, sure. any bands that come to mind or anything from your like youth that makes you go like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to stick up for this because blah, 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 you know? Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> well, I guess like this, do you think yeah. that, do you think like punk rock gave you this sort of union ethos or this stand up and stick it to the man court sort of thing or, you sure, know? Sure, sure. 
Like, absolutely, man. Like, um, I mean, from the Dead Kennedys and Holiday Cambodia to, <laughs> I mean, we'll even go like Pennywise and F Authority. Yeah. Like, um, no, I, I definitely always had a, had this like, like this little chip about <laughs> breaking the social norms. Uh-huh. And I think also, uh, that's what I loved about punk rock as well, and love about punk rock is that, that, that fearlessness to speak your mind, regardless of who's in power, and I think you have to have a little bit, a little bit of that as an educator as well, man. You just can't look if you just sit there and you take it. Yeah. They're just going to keep throwing stuff at you. You have to develop a backbone, and I think that's one of the biggest things punk rock gave me is that voice and that passion and that fire to fight back. I I love that. I, I think that like for me, it's that, that same sort of way. Where like I, I always go like, well, I never thought I'd you know like. I used to want to fight the man and now I am the man kind of sure. like be, being an educator. But the best part about it is there's always someone higher that you can, that you can like, sure. you know, and, until you get to that highest point and I don't think I'll ever be there, but there's always that piece mm-hmm. where you, you get to kind of stick it back and, and stand up for yourself and, and kind of push back on it. So yeah. as you've, as you've had this like journey of education and, you know, activism, What's your, what do you think is the, the most important thing you've learned about using your voice? What, what do you think is most important about like using your voice as an educator that you've learned through this whole process about yourself or, or, or anything? Sure. Um, man. You're, I'm, you're asking the tough, I'm asking the tough ones today. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you can tell you didn't email me any questions. <laughs> yeah. um, I, just, I just honestly... Um, you using your unless you use your voice you just there's no action there really isn't um using your voice and using that voice to make action um to structure a movement um that that voice is is the initial push to any movement and that's why a voice needs to be heard from the get-go from the voice then you build the power and then you build the action that's, that's, that's excellent. So I want to kind of, I want to kind of wrap on this part because you had said it earlier that sometimes teachers feel like, or educators feel like, you know, they just have to kind of go like, well, I'm a teacher. This is just the way it is, right? Yep. Like this is what happens in education. So mm-hmm. when, when we look at it like that, what's the one thing you look back on and you go, I'm glad that I, I like, if, if it weren't for using our voice, I mean, what do you mm-hmm. think comes out of it for your kids? Right. Cause that's what it comes down to. Sure. It's not about you. And it's not about you and I like making tons of money and like, yeah. you know, I don't have a Lambo in my car, you know, my garage or anything. It's not that not in my future, right. but what, it, what does it do for your school, your kids and your community mm-hmm. when you use your voice? What, what have you seen happen? Um, that is the one thing I can't answer. I have seen my voice, um, create a Black Lives Matter statement and a push for culturally, um, accepted curriculum. I've seen my voice lead to a strike that brought in more money. Not as, not as much. Obviously the the strike wasn't as successful as we wanted it to be, but I also saw my voice build something after that strike. And honestly, that red for red strike was incredible. But what I love to see, it's what we've done for those last two years. And I mean, and, and, and again, I'm going to go back to you. I remember seeing you, an educator from Mesa, kind of being the face of Invest in Ed. Um, and then, um, you know, um, just all these unions growing stronger and uh, just sharing these same messages of, of, of building a better public school and the reasons why. 
um, that, that Red for Ed movement where um, it, it was truly the first time that teachers said, hey, I can speak up yeah. and I'm not going to get fired. And guess what? Even if I am fired, there are 1,600 other positions open. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> and that's, that's Arizona education right there. And that I, is. I, I think you're right because it comes down to this, like you, you had mentioned it, it's building better schools for our kids and, and using your voice no matter where you're out in the classroom, because here's the thing, you know stuff, like I teach in Mesa, I teach in East Mesa, I don't have the experiences you do as an as a, as a educator in, in, you know, in Phoenix L, right? Like you have yeah. a, a different group of kids, a different community that you service, so your expertise and your voice is important to get in the room, right? Yeah. Just like, you know, the, the, the kindergarten teachers that you work with, they're, you know, in your, uh, in your you know, uh, district are important to get their voices heard. And yeah. your cafeteria workers and all these other places, you, you, you hit on it, I think for sure, this idea that like getting those voices in is the only way that, that you're gonna change things for schools and, and you know you'd mentioned red for ed and, and the strike walkout whatever you want to call it and i think like that's a big movement but but i think you're right it's what happens afterwards right yeah it's yeah. it's using that voice and continually mm -hmm. saying hey i want to change this let's get together and change it so sure. chico I want to thank you for coming on the show, but here's the deal. You're on the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, and it wouldn't sure. be Punk Rock Classrooms if I didn't ask you yeah. what you've been listening to lately. It doesn't have to be punk, but what have you been? I, look, I see you on Instagram every day yeah. posting what vinyl you're spinning. So what have you been listening to lately, man? What's the thing that's hitting man, you the most? Um, that, is like, that is the one thing, man. Like, like when, I, when I say I'm a punk rock kid, I'm not de definitely not in, uh, just punk rock. Um, Actually, lately, I've really been digging, uh, I'm a big surf rock music. Uh, I, one of my favorite bands of all time is the Satan's Pilgrims out of Portland, Oregon. All right. Um, yeah. They, now I'm going to have to really, check it out. <laughs> oh, man. Satan's Pilgrims. So good. Um, and actually, I've been digging, uh, I've been listening to Unknown Road from Pennywise lately. I just got that on vinyl. <laughs> I tell you what, man, that first song with the piano, and I think it's called Unknown Road, and, and yeah. then it just kicks in right into that riff, man, just punches me in the face, and I love it, man. <laughs> I, I, I love being able to, like, see what you're spinning on Instagram. That's one of my, that's, like, one of my favorite things is to, <laughs> like, see, like, oh, what's Chico listening to? I'm gonna have to yeah. go check that out, you know, if I haven't heard it before. So, yeah. <clears throat> can you let everybody know uh, where they could find you on social media? If they sure. want to, if they want to be your Twitter pal, if they want to see what vinyl you're spinning, where they can, where can they find you on the internet? Sure, all over the internet, it's Chico Robinson. Um, for Cafe Con Chico, you can go to cafeconchico.com. And uh, also, if you friend me on Facebook, you can see the Cafe Con Chico's live. Um, so yeah, just look up Chico Robinson, you should find me. All right, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put them tags up so everybody can see it. Chico, I wanna thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate yeah. it. You are the man, sir. Hey, I, thank you. I, like, you guys are busting butt in, in yeah. Phoenix, and that's, like to see a group of educators build something and, and use that collective voice to, to become a, a, a conduit for what's right for your students is yeah. exceptional. So uh, well, kudos, kudos. And uh, folks, check out Chico, find him on, on Twitter and see the good work that he and his, uh, his brothers and sisters in, in Phoenix L are doing. It's good stuff. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
Uh, it's always a pleasure to remember that you can find us on uh, the internets at punkrockclassrooms.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. All the handles are the same, at Punk Classrooms. You can find me, at Josh R. Buckley. Or you can find my punk rock brother from another mother, Mike Earnshaw. You can find him at uh, EduChef Earnshaw. So everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you at the show. Is it Chico or Carlos, man? What do you want for the podcast? Uh, um, legally, it's Carlos, but um, I just go by Chico, man. I've been called that uh, by my brother and sister since I was three years old, and I'm I'm half Mexican, and we we lived for a while in Mexico, and that's just how uh, nicknames get formed because that's I've right. never been Chico, I've never <laughs> been small. So I mean, I have a I have a cousin named uh, Tosi, which is short for Tosino, which is bacon. And he's yeah. also a big dude. So basically <laughs> calling him a pig. Uh.